This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello, everybody. It's Jeremy Myers again, and it's that time for another episode of the One Verse Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the crown of life. What is it, and how do you gain it? I had a reader send in a question on my website this week at redeeminggod.com and ask me this question. I will read you her question, and then this podcast episode will respond to it. And in the process of responding to the question, we will also look at the two passages in the Bible which talk about the crown of life. So if you have questions about the crown of life, make sure you stick around and listen to this podcast episode, get the answers from Scripture. Uh, Also, this podcast episode is drawn in part from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This course looks at 52 keywords of the Gospel. I'm about one-third of the way through teaching that course right now. And uh, one of the words we look at, of course, is crown. There's lots of different crowns mentioned in Scripture. Crown of righteousness, crown of life, and so on. And uh, so in that lesson in the the, uh, Gospel Dictionary course, uh, we look at all the various types of crowns and the passages that talk about them. So if this sort of study interests you, you want to learn about the other crowns, Uh, and uh, what they are and how to gain them, then uh, make sure you join my online discipleship group. Go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Once you do that, you can take all of my courses absolutely free, no additional charge. And uh, one of them, of course, is the Gospel Dictionary. It's going to contain eventually hundreds of hours of instruction about all these 52 keywords of the Gospel. It's going to help you understand the Gospel yourself better know that you have eternal life, and also how to share the gospel in a much better way with other people as well. I've got another course I'm coming, uh, working on uh, as well, on evangelism. It's sort of a humorous course based on my book that should be out in about two weeks. Uh, I will tell you more about that next week when uh, when I'm much closer to getting it put out. So make sure you join us then. All right, so with all that out of the way, let's dive into our study of The Crown of Life. So a reader recently sent me a question about the crown of life, and here is what she wrote. She says, I just finished reading your article on Yeshua, it's Jesus, drinking the bitter cup. Uh, So by the way, if you wanted to read that article that she's referring to, it is linked to in the show notes for this podcast episode. Just go to redeeminggod.com. What is the crown of life? All right, and you'll find it there. Anyway, here's what she writes. She she wrote, she uh, read this article And she said, I am just amazed at this view. I was searching for what it meant because a few years back, I was told to drink a bitter cup. I think she means at her church. They told her that. Anyway, she says, all I know is I have never felt lost until that time. To drink the dregs of it is a horrible thing. And all I had was a taste. Again, I I think she's speaking spiritually, psychologically, emotionally here, something that happened in her life. Anyway, she says, but Jesus drank the dregs for us. I am still stunned at what you have shown. Your article makes me appreciate even more what he has done for us. It makes perfect sense to me. I would like to ask you if you have written anything on the crown of life. 
After all this incident, I was told on April 19th that I had made it through my tribulation and received the crown of life. Can you help explain what this means? All right, so this was her question, and uh, thank you for sending that in, uh, the person who sent that question. So, um, by the way, on that uh, topic of Jesus drinking the drags of the cup, uh, I do need to give credit to one of my seminary professors for that view. Uh, It's something I learned at Dallas Theological Seminary while I was there. Anyway, as far as your question goes, I would like to point out just sort of one thing, maybe a little bit of a warning. It sounds like from what you wrote in this question that uh, you might attend a church that gives these words of knowledge, uh, you know, words of prophecy or something over you. And so apparently it sounds like someone came along and said that you were going to drink a bitter cup. And uh, that happened to you, and you said that you've never until that time felt like you were lost. Uh, In my experience, and I think in the experience of lots of people, uh, churches who tend to give these words of knowledge and words of prophecy, sometimes these things can lead to despair and questions and fear and shame and guilt. And so I would say, before we get into the discussion of the crown of life, just to be careful about attending a church like that. I'm not saying you should leave or anything like that, although you might want to if Jesus is leading you away from that sort of a fellowship, that sort of a congregation. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Follow him wherever he leads, okay? And maybe he's going to lead you into a group, into a church that uh, has more freedom and more grace than the one maybe you are currently experiencing. I don't know, but that might be the case. It was the case for me. Maybe you'll discover that Jesus is leading you away from attending church altogether, Oh, how can you say that, Jeremy? (laughs) Well, um, listen, there's nothing in Scripture that says you must attend a church. We are the church. We are to be the church, function as the church. Anyway, all that's a whole other topic, isn't it? I I didn't mean to get off on a rabbit trail there. The point is, be very careful about these words of knowledge that some people come and speak over you. All right? And uh, do not let it feel. If someone is, is giving you a spirit of fear, making you feel like you are lost, then I would challenge that word of knowledge. I would say that it is not of the Holy Spirit. All right? And uh, so that sounds like the case for you. I don't know exactly what happened in your life. I'm sure you might have experienced something uh, fearful and a a bad situation, a difficult trying situation uh, in your life. Uh, But know that Jesus did not leave you, did not forsake you, did not abandon you. He has not turned away from you. If you have believed in Jesus for eternal life, then you have it. No ifs, ands, or buts. All right? So anyway, I'm glad that you found my article and it was a help and an encouragement to you. Now, as for this crown of life, let's talk about that. Just move on away from this this rabbit trail that I found myself on. Um, The crown of life. What is the crown of life and how can we gain it? All right. Well, there are five crowns mentioned in Scripture. They are the everlasting crown, the crown for the one who wins souls, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. Now, part of the difficulty that people have in understanding these crowns is that we today in Western United States, I'm sorry, in the Western world, in the United States, now obviously over in the United Kingdom and a couple other places in the world, people still do use crowns, but but, uh, here in the West, at least in the United States, we sort of think that the crowns are reserved for royalty. All right, but the word used for crown in the various places in the Bible is stephanos, all right? And it, it, it can also refer to a reward or a laurel wreath. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these old movies from, 
the uh, Roman Empire, and oftentimes in the Olympic Games back then, uh, if someone won their race or they competed well and they won the competition, then the Caesar, the emperor, would put a laurel crown on their head. It was a wreath made of laurel leaves. All right. And uh, so this word Stephanos can also refer to that. So, so this word Stephanos, this crown, doesn't necessarily refer to this golden crown filled with jewels that only the royal, the royalty to, can wear. Okay. It can also refer to this crown of leaves that the winner of a race is able to wear because they won the race. They won the competition. All right. So with that in mind, what it means is the Stephanos, all of these crowns, they don't represent the free gift of eternal life that God gives to anyone and everyone who believes in Jesus for it. All right? That's a free gift. It is not earned. It is not worked for. It is not a reward of any kind. It's a free gift. All right? And uh, so, so the Stephanos, the crown, whatever types of crown is being mentioned— is, is, is not eternal life. It's not equated with eternal life. These crowns, you do earn them. You do work for them. They are a type of reward that God grants to certain people who have accomplished certain things. And when will you get these rewards? Well, one of the places you'll get them is at the Bema, which is the judgment seat of Christ. And, and uh, <clears throat> I don't have time to go down that rabbit trail either. Uh, but the bottom line thing to remember for now is that the crowns are not equivalent to eternal life, okay? John 3.16, John 5.24, John 6.47, over and over and over and over again in the Gospel of John, we are told that eternal life is the free gift of God to anyone who believes in Jesus for it, okay? These crowns, though, are rewards for Christians who successfully complete certain tasks, accomplish certain behaviors, and so on, all right? So, we don't have time to talk about all five crowns. What I want to just focus on is this one crown that, that the, the, the person asked about, which is the crown of life. And once again, I just want to emphasize, even though it does have the word life in it, crown of life, it is not the same thing as eternal life. We're going to look at two passages, James 1.12 and Revelation 2.10, and both indicate that this crown, the crown of life, is given to those who persevere in faith through temptation and tribulation and persecution. So basically, what this crown of life is, is it's sort of a reward. It's a recognition for a life well-lived, that even though you were facing severe and ongoing temptation, even though you were facing trials and tribulation, even though you were facing persecution and danger and sword even, maybe even the loss of your life, all right, you still gain the crown of life. And that's interesting that it's called the crown of life because oftentimes when Christians face persecution, maybe not here in the West, but in other parts of the world, even today, China, Africa, Middle East, many other places, and especially in the days of Jesus and James and John, when, when James and John were writing these letters, many Christians were losing their life because they lived for Jesus. And, and James and John are saying, Listen, if you lose your life for Jesus, don't worry because you're going to gain the crown of life as a result. All right? So it is a reward, a recognition for a job well done, for not turning your back on Jesus, for persevering in faithfulness 
through the midst of temptation, tribulation, and persecution. All right? So let me just emphasize it again. Eternal life, free gift of God. Crown of life is a reward given for perseverance under trial, whatever type of trial that might be. And it's an encouragement then, right? If you are facing tribulation, temptation, danger, persecution, because you're a Christian, right? That's very important. Because you're a Christian. If you're facing persecution because you're just, you know, an idiot and you treat people rudely, don't think that you are earning the crown of life because people are being rude back to you when you are rude to them. (laughs) All right? Uh, This crown of life is only given when you are behaving and living and loving and serving like Jesus. And because of that, you're receiving persecution and tribulation and trials and those sorts of things. Okay? So think of a race. You are a Christian. You are running the race set before us, Paul talks about in various places. All right? And it's a difficult race. It's a marathon. It's a long race. It lasts your whole life. And there's there's many troubles to persevere through, to, to overcome on this race. And when you reach the finish line, as you're getting close, this crown of life is a promise. You can see Jesus and the host of the heavenly angels and all the saints cheering you on, saying, keep going, keep running, you know, keep your head up, keep moving forward, because if you do, there's a crown of life waiting you at the end. All right, that's what this crown of life is. is That's it, why we see instructions in Scripture about the crown of life. It's to encourage us uh, to press on, to finish the race strongly, to keep moving forward, to don't give up, all right? That's what this is for, because there is honor and privilege and recognition waiting for you at the judgment seat of Christ, all right? So keep the course, stay strong, remain faithful. That is what the crown of life is given for, uh, and that is, uh, that is what the crown of life is. Now, let us look then at these two verses. There's only two in the Bible, which talk about the crown of life. First is James 1.12. James writes this, Blessed is the man who endures, and obviously women as well, who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. All right, so again, if you think that the crown of life is the same as eternal life, then you will read James 1.12 as saying that if you endure temptation, you will receive eternal life. And that's confusing, right? (laughs) Because do you always endure temptation? I'll admit, I don't. Sometimes I give in to temptation. And when that happens, I sin. And I imagine if you're like me, you're the same way. And so if you think that eternal life is the crown of life, or the crown of life is eternal life, then this verse is going to cause great fear in your heart and mind. Because every time you sin, every time you fall to temptation, you're going to think, oh no, maybe I don't have eternal life. Maybe I lost my eternal life. Maybe I never had eternal life to begin with. And that is a very dangerous and wrong way to understand James 1.12. And thankfully, that's not what James is talking about at all. He's writing to Christians, and he's encouraging them to persevere in the midst of trials and tribulation and persecution and even temptation. And he's saying, if you endure temptation, all right, then you will receive the crown of life. This is not eternal life. This is a special reward. How much temptation? 
Well, we don't really know, but I would just encourage you that when temptation comes, one of the ways you can endure in the midst of ongoing temptation is to realize, yeah, you know what? If I engaged in this sin, ah, it will be fun for a while. Let's just admit it. It might feel good for a while. It might be fun to do this thing. The temptation, the sin, the devil is trying to get me to do. But I will be giving up the crown of life, which will endure for all eternity, and all the blessings and privileges and honor and recognition that comes with that. I'll be able to stand with pride at the judgment seat of Christ because I will be receiving the crown of life. I will be able to withstand temptation. So that's sort of that thought process that I think James is encouraging his readers, and therefore you and me, to think through as well. Whenever you're undergoing temptation, just weigh it. Is this momentary pleasure and fun, which by the way, often has a sting on the end of it, right? It tends to ruin your life, ruin your health, ruin your relationships, ruin your finances, ruin your job, okay? It's fun for a while, but the consequences last a whole lot longer, okay? There's that, and then there is doing the right thing, receiving a crown of life that lasts forever and ever and ever. You start to weigh these things, and, and the choice becomes much more clear. All right, so uh, the crown of life here is not eternal life, and James is making that clear here in the context. And he wants to encourage his readers to stand up in the midst of temptation and trials and persecution and tribulation, and he's saying, listen, don't give in to the temptation because there's a crown of life waiting for you if you withstand the temptation. All right? So this is, and by the way, this is probably not a literal crown. I was saying before that this, uh, the Stephanos was a laurel wreath. I don't think when you stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to put a leaf, a, a wreath of leaves on your head. All right? I think that it is symbolic for honor and praise and glory and recognition. Will there be some sort of tangible reward that God, that Jesus will give to you, that, that you will own for eternity? Uh, maybe. I don't know what that's going to be. Is it going to be some sort of special privilege? Uh, some sort of uh, special, I mean, possession or something? I, 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 don't, I don't really know, but it doesn't really matter. We're going to leave all that up to Jesus, okay? We don't know exactly what this might be, but it will, it will entail some sort of special recognition, honor, praise. Uh, uh, when you stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. All right, that's James 1.12. Let us look at the second passage that mentions the crown of life. And this is Revelation 2.10. Here's what John writes uh, through the revelation of, that he received from Jesus to, to the church. All right, this is to the church. Um, which one is this? In Smyrna. All right, Revelation 2.10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. All right, so this also is the crown of life. And uh, it's also uh, clearly some sort of special honor, reward, or recognition. And notice what it's for. Once again, for standing strong for Jesus in the midst of suffering and tribulation, and even in the face of death. All right, now, now John writes here, they will face tribulation 10 days. Is this literally only 10 days, or is that symbolic of some longer period of time? I don't know. 
But when you're facing tribulation, persecution, trials, don't assume that you can quote this verse that that means your persecution, your tribulation is only going to last 10 days. It might last 10 minutes. It might last 10 days. It might last 10 weeks. It might last 10 years. All right, we just don't know, don't don't think you can quote this verse, claim this verse, have your tribulation, your persecution, your temptation be over in 10 days. It doesn't work that way. The point is, once again, no, though, notice that this is not about eternal life. Jesus is giving this uh, revelation to John about the Christians in Smyrna. And he's saying, hey, Christians, I know you're Christians, so let me give you some words of encouragement. Let me give you some instructions and some advice. The devil is going to come. And he's going to accuse you and test you. Some of you are going to be arrested and thrown into prison. Some of you are even going to die. But if you remain faithful, Jesus says, then I will bless you and honor you with the crown of life. So don't fear death because I've got something way better for you when you stand before me in glory, the resurrection. Okay, I will give a special honor to you in the life to come. That's what Jesus is saying to these Christians, all right? And by the way, all of the letters to the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3 can be read the same way. Don't think that as you're reading through these letters to the seven churches, Jesus is saying to them, oh, you Christians, if you don't stand strong, if you don't persevere, if you don't do what I'm saying, off to hell with you. It's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying the exact opposite. He's saying, you Christians, bad things are coming. You're going to lose your first love. You're going to face persecution and danger and tribulation and trial. Stand strong, because if you do, I will have great reward for you, recognition, praise, honor, glory for you. All right, you'll get to eat from the tree of life, Revelation 2.7. I will give you a new name, Revelation 2.17, just like he gave to Abraham, right? Uh, I will give you the right to rule over the nations. Wow. <laughs> Revelation 2.26. You're not just, you know, you're, you're going to be like president. All right, you'll be able to rule over the nations. Uh, you will be recognized before God in heaven. You will receive great honor and, and glory before God in heaven. You will be made a pillar in the temple of God. Does that mean you're going to be a pillar of stone in the temple of God? No, it's a symbolic way of being recognized as a leader in, in the worship of God for eternity. Again, all of these symbols and pictures are not, if you do this, then you get eternal life. Don't confuse eternal life with these rewards that Jesus mentions through John in the letters to the seven churches. Same with the crown of life here in 2.10. It's not eternal life. This is some sort of reward that Jesus wants to, to give uh, as a recognition to those who faithfully serve and honor him. All right? So that's the crown of life. What is it? Look, it's some sort of honor, recognition, uh, praise, glory. Uh, maybe as some sort of tangible, you know, getting to rule some sort of special position, or maybe possession, I'm not really sure, in eternity. Um, uh, but it's going to be way better than anything you could have in this life, all right? And it, it, especially since the crown of life is given to those who withstand temptation and tribulation, it's going to be way better than whatever that temptation, whatever that sin can give you, whatever, whatever is offered to you or promised to you by those who are trying to get you to deny Jesus, oh, if you deny Jesus, you know, we'll let you keep your house, we'll give you a promotion at work, whatever it might be. No, the crown of life that Jesus will give you is way better than anything anybody else, even the devil can offer you, all right? So as you live your life, be eager to look for the Lord's coming, to faithfully love and serve him. 
all right, to teach and train others and to keep living for Jesus uh, in spite of any tribulation or temptation or trial or persecution that might come your way, even if it's leading to death. So that's the crown of life. And I hope you find it encouraging. I hope the main thing you get from this is that the crown of life is not eternal life. The crown of life is only given to those who already have eternal life. And you gain eternal life simply by believing in Jesus for it. It's a free gift to anyone and everyone who believes in Jesus for it. There's no strings attached, all right? Uh, it, it's, it's, it's free. <laughs> by God's grace, you receive by faith. The crown of life, though, it's one of the things God offers to those of us who have eternal life to encourage us to live for him, to withstand temptation, to persevere, to keep pressing on, to win the race, to run the race. All right? And that's what the crown of life is. I hope that that will be an encouragement to you, that no matter what you're facing, Jesus is with you. Jesus is cheering you on. The angels are cheering you on. And the saints in heaven are cheering you on as well. I'm cheering you on, whatever you're, you're, whatever you're facing, whatever you're experiencing. Keep pressing on. Keep running the race. Listen, if you want to learn more truths like this that help you understand difficult Bible passages, difficult gospel words, uh, and see the grace and love and mercy and forgiveness of God for you in them, you no longer have to fear, wonder about whether or not you have eternal life, whether or not you're properly living for Jesus. Right, a lot of that is just because you have some poor understandings of various words of the gospel, various passages that are related to the gospel. Anyway, I, I cover all of this in my Gospel Dictionary online course. 52 keywords we look at, hundreds, thousands really, of Bible passages, and it's hundreds of hours of teaching. I don't even know what sort of value is put on that, but I give it all for free to people who join my online discipleship group. There is a small fee for that monthly fee or annual fee, and that's just to support the work of this podcast, what I do with all my writing and everything else. But by joining, you get all the free courses, some free eBooks, access to my private Facebook group, access to me, access to a bunch of other people around the world who are in that discipleship group. It's a great deal. Uh, if you want to learn more and join, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. Sign up today. I look forward to seeing you there on the inside. All right. Thank you so much for listening this week. Join me next week as we look at another passage from scripture, probably about the gospel again. If you have questions, just reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter, and I can answer your question maybe in a future podcast as well. All right. Thank you again. And remember, as always, this week, may your life and theology look more and more like Jesus Christ. See you next week.